0: For a little while, about three and a half months, when I was 17, I was a church like caretaker, maintenance guy, and um, so it's a cool idea. Except I'm not very good at that sort of thing, and um, and I am so so here's a sort of like a insight into the Joel Sales school of um, DIY or um, caretaking. At one point, there was like a there was a a pipe coming out coming out of the, the side of the building, and it wasn't it wasn't draining into the drain. It was missing the drain so any good person would get the right pipe i thought i can sort this i wrapped a plastic envelope around it into a tube some sellotape job done or um i get better i um i had to hang a uh, like a corkboard like a notice board on the wall and th- and the, the wall was just like a it was just like thin like wood cladding for like a d- dividing wall but um I didn't realise that that was different to any other kind of wall. So I, I remember how my dad would do it. So I bought my, my dad's old hammer drill into the into the office and um and, and it picked that up. Uh, uh, so that's that's one that goes through bricks. And there I was on this wooden wall, and um sticking my raw plug in to hang this one little little um little cork board. It gets better. One time I um, so there was a there was a cupboard. Um, for, the, for the PA cupboard, all the, all the speakers and that. And the cupboard was sagging on its hinges. So it didn't open very well. It would, it would grate along the ground when it opened. And um, the thing to do probably would have been to take it off the, off, the, um, off the frame, to rehinge it, and to put it back on. But that wasn't my style. So I took it off. I then, I then cut off at an angle the bottom of the door. Then it opened and closed perfectly. Job done. My crowning glory as the... Um, Serbert and Community Church caretaker, was um, we had an old fridge freezer we needed to get rid of, but it was all frosted up. So first, first job, defrost the freezer. And I started doing it the traditional way, sticking some boiling water in there, leaving it open, but that was taking forever. So I thought I'll speed this up, I'll, I'll chisel away at some of the um, ice in there. So there I was in my hammer and chisel. It was going pretty well until I pierced the lining of the fridge. Anyone ever done that before? Out comes green poisonous gas. Everyone in the office is coughing and covering their eyes. I'm having to wrangle this fridge out of the office as soon as I could so that um, people didn't, didn't like inhale this, this horrific fume. And that was me, that was my career. Now it sounds like this happened over a number of years. It didn't. It was over about three and a half months. So, so you're looking at at least one serious incident every month uh, during my time as a caretaker for the church. And then basically, I needed some help. I needed someone to say, Joel, you need to do it differently. I needed someone to show me how to do it. I needed, I needed some more help with that. But I can feel a little bit like that in my faith sometimes. You know, I believe that over every one of us in this room, there is destiny. There is calling over us. That God wants to use people like you and people like me to change Swindon, to make it more like heaven, to be people of character who shine like bright lights, to be yeast who make a difference to the culture around us, in our schools, in our places of work, in the places we find ourselves. That, that's a calling over our lives as people, as Christians. But I need some help with that. I don't know about you guys, but I get it wrong sometimes. I don't do the things that I know I should do. I do do the things that I know I shouldn't. And I'm here thinking, I really need some help. And maybe you can relate a little bit. Maybe, maybe you need a little bit of help to step into all that God's got for you, to live the life that you were made to live. Or maybe you're here tonight, you're not even a Christian, but um, perhaps you can relate. Maybe there's things you know that you'd love to change. You'd love to see a difference happen in your life, a breakthrough, some kind of shift. And the good news is that um, God wants to help us with that. We're in the middle of a sermon series right now. You can see this, um, this pretty little card on your seat. We're f- five weeks through a sermon series called God Says. And this is looking at things that God says throughout the scripture to us. And um, the one we're looking at tonight is this. God says, I'm helping you to live well. I am helping you to live well. The good news is we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to do this um, striving in our own strength. That God wants to help you to live well. wants to help you be the person you are made to be. And so um, what I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes is three weapons that God gives us to help well. You see, I'm wearing my camo tonight because I'm talking about weapons. And these are three weapons, three tools that God gives us to help us live well. And we're going to be looking at a passage... um, a bunch of scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through to 6, verse 10. And don't worry, I'll read it as it comes. And this is from a letter which a guy called Paul wrote to a church in a place called Galatia. And he was giving them these tools to live well. So let's read a little passage of scripture. So we're at Galatians 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. i warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that list was kind of a specific list to those people at that time. Those things on the list might be some of the things that you're working through, or you might have other things that were actually... These are the things where I need to see a shift in. These are the points where I need breakthrough. These are the things where if I'm going to see my school transformed, I need to be doing it a little bit differently. But it carries on. It gets better. Good news. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit so what paul is doing is giving these guys a slightly different way of thinking about things rather than thinking am i getting that right or that wrong um, am i am i taking the list of good things or am i taking the list of bad things it says have a different way of thinking think am i walking in step with the spirit is the Holy Spirit at the center of my life? Is the Holy Spirit in everything? Am I, am I rooted into the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm not a good gardener. I hate gardening. I hate gardening. That's my second worst thing after cleaning. And um, like you know how some people, they just love to be in the garden. They think that's what a great way to relieve stress. Anyone like that? I am the opposite. It stresses me out. Anyway, I don't know a lot about gardening, but... Something I have picked up from my, um, from my experience is I've never seen a tree that's straining or striving to create fruit. Anyone seen one? You sort of, um, you look at a tree and it's like, Urgh! trying its best to, um, to, to like make an apple in the same way you'd like try and push something up a hill. I've, I've never seen a tree do that because under the right conditions... If its roots are in good foundations, if it's getting what it needs, water and oxygen, then the fruit just grows. And this is what Paul says to us. It talks about acts of the flesh. That's stuff that we do, good or bad. And then it talks about fruit of the Spirit. And that's what happens as a result of us being in step with the Spirit. As a result of us having the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. As a result of us inviting Him into everything then we start to change. Things shift in us. We stop being angry and impure and full of hatred. We start to be loving and joyful and peaceful. And this is, this is the first weapon that God gives us. I'm helping you to live well. Here's the first weapon. It's the Holy Spirit. This is our weapon. We don't have to do it on our own, try and try, strive and strive. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and helps us if we invite him to, if we want him to, if we give him the opportunity to. He's going to help us live the lives that we we're made to live. And I remember watching this um, immediately and painfully in, in our own life as a family. So my dad was an amazing guy and um, kind and gracious and caring and thoughtful and um, That was who he was when he was walking in step with the Spirit. And then he um, left us, left church, left everything. And you saw it almost, it was like a pendulum. You saw him swing from being so kind, so gracious, so thoughtful, through to being stubborn and angry and not faithful and not gentle. And then amazingly, when he came back to church and faith, And he started living in step with the Spirit again. You saw his very character change back. It was just like that pendulum. You saw him being loving and joyful and having peace and being gentle and faithful. You watched him change. And it wasn't that he was ticking things off saying, today I'm going to be gentle. Today I'm going to be peaceful. Today I'm going to be loving. No. The fruit grew in his life because he was walking in step with the Spirit. Because he was saying, Holy Spirit, my day at school, I'm inviting you into that. Come and help me. And that's the secret weapon for us. Am I inviting the Spirit into everything? Because I find for me, on those days or weeks when I'm angry or when I'm daft or when I make bad decisions, I'm just not inviting the Spirit in. How could you be inviting the Holy Spirit into more of your life? That's weapon number one, the Holy Spirit. Let's move on to weapon number two. In Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the spirit that's, that's the church should restore that person gently but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ and um, what we're being given is a bit of a vision now we're here in swindon in britain and a, th- a piece about british culture is that we like to keep ourselves to ourselves. We like to carry our problems on our own. We like to do our own thing. And, and no one can speak to you about it. You focus on yourself. And that's, that's part of British culture. But it's not part of Bible culture. It's not part of heaven's culture. It's not part of king's, cult, uh, king's culture, of the kingdom's culture. We're in, well, if we're going to get this right, community is a gift from God to help us stay in step with the Spirit that we are a gift to each other to help us do this. And when I was, um, when I was at Vicar School training, training for this, I, um, it was like a sort of, I suppose, a big old church. And, um, and, and two of the other guys that I trained with, we started meeting together every single week for an hour. And we talk about the things in our lives that are going brilliantly, the things that are going badly, the things we're saying no to that we should be saying yes to, the things we're saying yes to we should be saying no to. And we cheer each other on and we pray for each other. And we did that the whole time I was training. We've actually carried that on now. So that was a few years ago. And now we meet together um, every Monday morning. We meet on them um, Google Hangout. Although there are, there are other conferencing facilities available. and um, And we have a... We do exactly that. We cheer each other on. We talk about the challenges and the joys. The struggles and the victories. And we pray for each other every single week. Because... Community is a gift. It's a weapon to help you stay in step with the Spirit. So that's what my question, my challenge for you guys, is how can you turn up your connection? What can you do to turn up your connection a little bit? How can you take a risk with some of your your, your church brothers and sisters? How can we turn this up a little bit? Because this is a vision. This is a gift for us to live well. Each other, we're a gift. How can you turn it up? I heard about a few guys who used to um, have breakfast together once a week. That sounds good. And, um, and they talk about life and faith, and they pray for each other. And um, they did that for a long time. And then one week, one of the four guys didn't turn up. And the other one said, um, listen, we've got some bad news. He's, um, he's left his wife and run up with someone else. They've, they're, they're, they've left town. And I um, thought, that's sad. And then they, um, they said, actually, we're going to do something about it. So they got in their car. And drove for hours and hours to the place that he'd gone. And they said, we've come to take you home. And he said, I'm not coming. And they said, well, we'll stay here till you are. And two weeks later, he got back in the car. They drove back to where they were from. And they began the long, painful, difficult journey of restoring his life, his marriage. But um, that takes us turning up the connection, doesn't it? That takes us turning up the risk. That takes us cheering each other on. But this is one of the weapons to help us live well. It's the old proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's the same for our lives. If we want to be people who are living lives brilliantly, then we need to do it together. That is a gift that God gives us. How can we turn it up? So you've got two weapons. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got community, each other. Final one for tonight, Galatians 6, verse 7 to 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or woman reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from that flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from that Spirit will reap eternal life. What is he talking about? He's talking about making good decisions. What he's saying is this. Don't be a prat. It's there in the Bible. It says that whoever sows to please the flesh, that's going to be the result. Whoever sows to please the spirit, they're going to reap life. And again and again and again, our lives don't go the place we want them to go because we're being stupid and making the same bad decisions again and again and again. I heard a story about a... um, a boy who asked his mum, said, mum, can I please go to the park? No, not the the park, the woods. Can I go to the woods? And the mum said, yeah, no, you can go to the woods, but you mustn't swim in the river. The river was gross and disgusting and dangerous. And um, he said, that's fine. And then she saw him packing his swimming trunks. And she said to him, "Um, I've told you you can go to the woods, but you can't go in the river. Why are you packing your swimming trunks? And he said, so I'm just packing them in case I get tempted. And He's planning to fail. He's planning to fall down. But how many times do we do that? How many times do we actually plan and make allowances to make terrible decisions or to not make the, the right decision, to not step into good things? How many times do we do the same things again and again and again and again and again? We don't change what we do, but we expect somehow the results to be miraculously different. And God's saying, don't be a prat. Look at the person next to you say, don't be a prat. Don't be a prat. You see, God has given you common sense. He's given you your brain. He's given you your mind. It's an incredible thing, incredible gift. And it's an incredible weapon to help you live well. Your mind, your brain, your good choices, common sense. And if we're going to live well, one of the gifts is your mind. It's actually... How different would my life look if I planned to be the person that I know I'm made to be? If I planned to be a shining light to my school? If I planned to make a difference in the place that I worked? If I planned to be a person of character? If I planned to be a shining light here in Swindon? Imagine how different life might look. If those things where you've fallen down again and again and again and again, you did something differently. Yes, the Holy Spirit. Yes, tell a friend. But also, don't be a prat. It's right here in the Bible, guys. I'm not making this up. It says, <laughs> it's my version, but um, that's the general. If Paul was writing that today, he'd say something like that. Because that's a gift to help you live well. And um, this, if this sounds like condemnation, it shouldn't be. Today is a new day but imagine it if we did that like just um go with me for a minute right i don't know so think about your day tomorrow what you're doing tomorrow um think about whether, whatever you're doing at school at home at your place of work the people just think about it for a minute right and think about if you invited the holy spirit into that day into every part of it from start to finish imagine that if the holy spirit was invited into your Waking up, your breakfast, you're getting ready, your whatever you do next. The Holy Spirit was there at the place where you spend your time tomorrow. If you invited him into all of it to fill you up, imagine if you'd if you got some brothers and sisters alongside you cheering you on. Imagine if you're planning to excel, planning to live the life that God made you to live tomorrow. Imagine and think about what tomorrow could be like. Think about it. Think about the impact you can have on those around you. Think about the people you could point to Jesus with your very nature, the things you say, the person you say. Just, just go there with me for a minute. Think about And then think about so what, this was, I don't know what there is. Like seven or eight of us here now. Imagine if every one of us did that. If we actually went to our day tomorrow and the Spirit empowered us. We lived with faith and hope and joy in the place we were. We were cheering each other on and being cheered on. We, we, we planned it. Well, imagine. Just think about it for a minute. Think about the breakthroughs. Think about the hope. Think about the joy. Think about the sense of partnership. Think about the sense of being alive, of being the person you were made to be. This is the invitation that God gives us. I'm helping you to live well. I'm chucking you these weapons. I'm giving you these tools. I'm helping you to live well. And we've got a big old vision here at Patton Church, inviting people into family to serve Swindon. We're dreaming about a thousand baptisms. We're dreaming about an army of young people who are running after Jesus. We're dreaming about being a church that makes a difference to some of the social issues here in Swindon. We're dreaming about being a church who plants churches who plant churches. We're dreaming of of being part of a town that comes alive with creativity and joy. We're dreaming of those things. But it's going to take us living well. It's going to take us being the people we're made to be. It's going to take take Maisie being fully Maisie. It's going to take Nate being fully Nate. It's it's, it's going to take Ian being fully Ian. It's going to take each of us living the lives we are made to live. And then we could really do it, couldn't we? Imagine each and every one of us. God says... I am helping you to live well. And the question is, will we grab hold of that? Will we take these weapons? Will we take these tools? Will we put them into practice and live the lives you're made to live?